Looking to be more nomadic and less traditional? You're in the right place. Broadcasting from Canmore, Alberta, welcome to the Mountain Life Podcast. The stories of life, work, and play in the Bow Valley. Recorded in the E equals MC squared co-workplace with your host, Jason Backdash. Hi, everybody. Jason Beckdash here from the Mountain Life Podcast. It is April 19th. It is beautiful and sunny. Uh, I cannot wait to get on my bike. And I think that might happen next week if the weather continues like this. I think we're done with the snow. It was a long winter, yes. Okay, so what do I have in store for you mountain peeps? I have Ken Cobe, who hails from, well, he doesn't live here, but he actually serves the Bow Valley through his role at Community Futures. Community Futures is a really, really cool organization. I wish I knew it existed when I started my business. Now, this organization exists just to help you get your business off the ground, up and running. Uh, maybe you need funding or maybe you just need business advice, these guys can do it all. Listen to this interview with Ken. If you're even thinking about developing an idea, or you've got this really cool product, and you're just looking for help on getting it off the ground, this episode is for you. Enjoy. Hi, everybody. Jason Beckdash here from the Mountain Life Podcast. Thanks for joining us. It is, what's the date today? It is April 19th, and in studio, I have Ken Cobe with me who is the Business Development Advisor for Community Futures. Ken, thanks for joining us. You're welcome. Thank you, Jason. Thanks for having me. Awesome. So uh, very exciting. Just a little bit of background for everybody. Um, Ken's uh, colleague, Patty J, was here yesterday and did a lunchbox lecture here at Equals MC Squared. And really, really great um, organization, a very helpful organization to entrepreneurs who are living in the Bow Valley, as well as you guys actually expand a bunch of different regions. So we'll we talk about that yes. a little bit. But um I learned a lot yesterday and I learned uh, the really cool thing about it was that I learned that we have this really, really great resource. We have this, uh, we have this group of individuals that are, uh, they're pumped about the success of helping entrepreneurs uh, and they're there is a really great resource, not only for funding, but even just providing advice and expertise. So just a really, really great organization, which I'm excited to jump into with Ken here in a little bit more detail. Um, we're going to change the format a little bit today. So we're going to spend most of our time talking about Ken and a little bit of his background and so on, and really focus on this resources, Community Futures. And um, so, yeah, we'll go a little bit off script, but that's good. We're mountain people, so it's okay to, like, change things up. Um, so, Ken, let's, let's just start. I think um, one of the things that... Uh, I want to give people a little bit of background is just talking a little bit about what you, what Community Futures is uh, just at a high level. Okay, great. Uh, thanks, Jason. And uh, yes, Community Futures Center West, we are part of uh, an organization uh, called Community Futures, which is a national organization. I believe there's 270 offices across the country. And in Alberta, there's 27 uh, offices or areas. And I like to describe uh, our areas as kind of like, uh, think of them like political ridings. They each have very defined borders. So in other words, if you live on one side of a road, uh, you know, that's a boundary in between one Community Futures office and another, uh, you deal with that Community Futures. If you lived on the other side of the road, you're dealing with somebody else. And we actually have that go on quite a bit with our office because our divisor is Highway 2 okay. on the eastern edge of our area. And so 
Airdrie, the eastern part of Airdrie, is still part of our area, but for example, across Iron Mall and the new uh, Horizon Mall, the one that's going to be opening soon, yeah, that actually is in a different Community Futures uh, office, okay, different area, yeah, okay. And so, um, one of the things, uh, one of the main things that we do is uh, we focus on rural businesses, and by that we don't mean you know just businesses in small communities or in in counties that sort of thing basically in alberta to give you the the details here we don't look uh, we don't assist businesses that are either in calgary or the edmonton capital region right um so sometimes i get calls or emails from people i i don't know anything about them or where they're located or where their business is located or potentially located so that's one of the first questions i ask being so close, our area being so close to Calgary, is where is your business located or going to be located? Mm -hmm. If it's in Calgary, then I inform them that, sorry, Community Futures can't uh, can't assist. But I do try to find out a little bit about um, what they're planning on doing uh, or, or what they're all about and then try to refer them on to somebody in Calgary uh, that can help them. Yeah. So yeah, the that was an interesting interesting uh, point yesterday that Patty J made is that sort of the description of what rural is yes. is basically anything. Well, in Alberta's case, anything that is not Edmonton and not Calgary. Yes. But then there's always like this sticky point, right? Is if you have a business that's maybe in a suburb that's rather large, like maybe like Sherwood Park. Like, would that fall under the jurisdiction of Community Futures or not really? No, well, uh, that's why I said Edmonton Capital Region because yeah. I actually, about a month or two ago, was talking to someone who lives in Cochrane but has a business in Sherwood Park. Oh, and okay. And I wasn't sure. Uh, I've only been with Community Futures for a little over a year now. Yeah. And this was my first, you know, yeah. inquiry about that sort of thing. So I checked for him to see if there was a Community Futures office that looked after Sherwood Park. And sure enough, I found out that Sherwood Park is part of that Edmonton capital okay. region and thus Community Futures could not yeah. assist him. Yeah. yeah, so your mandate really is like this definition of what, like rural community, right? Yes, yeah. yeah. Example, but it's a pretty, it's pretty broad. It is, yeah. yeah. Like for example, Red Deer, yes. Grand Prairie, bigger centers still in, in Alberta are considered rural. Okay. Yes. Okay. And then, and then there's, there's some really, uh, specific services that you provide, um, to your clients or right. to your prospective clients. Maybe just talk to us a little bit about what those sure. things are. There, there's two main aspects of my role as business development advisor with Community Futures Center West. And the one is, um, I do discuss, uh, with, um, potential customers financing requests. Okay. Um, so we have a borrowing limit of $150,000, although that can be raised potentially mm -hmm. by one of two ways. One, we get board approval to increase that in a particular situation, or more typical, we request to use the $150,000 limit from one of those other 26 um, offices, Community Futures offices in Alberta, okay. for either to use all of it or a portion of it. Yeah, so, so you sort of partner together that's right. if, if an entrepreneur needs more funding than, yeah, the that, $150,000 that right? That's right, yes, for sure. Um, and so, so I, that's one of the uh, main aspects I look at. One I should mention right now before I forget <laughs> is that 
uh, a business client, a potential borrowing business client, does have to be declined by at least one other financial institution before a community futures office, anyone, can look at their financial okay. request. Yeah. And so, again, a lot of people that I talk to that want to find out about Community Futures Centre West and what we're all about, that's one of the things that I explain to them right, right. off the get-go. Yeah. So that's one of the, the, the main things that I do. Um, and the other main thing that I do is I, I talk to um, a wide array of entrepreneurs and in different industries and in different locations in our area that are non-borrowers but just are seeking advice or mm -hmm. counseling or have questions um, or, or need help being pointed in a, a right direction or want me to look at their business plan. That sort of thing, and some sometimes those interactions are just by phone, some by email, some face to face. If they have a business, then a lot of times I'll go to their business. I really do prefer that. Yeah, uh, pictures worth a thousand words, so to speak. And uh, so we find a way, uh, you know, to to get that communication, proper communication going. I meet a lot of people uh, at coffee shops mm -hmm. in my area as well because we um, I, I work primarily out of uh, out of my home in mm -hmm. Concord. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then Community Futures has um, some sort of specific demographics that, that they serve. So like one is um, is youth, um, though that that description, I think it's up to 30 year, years of age. Is that uh, right? I believe so, yeah. yes. And then, and then yeah. entrepreneurs um, with a disability. Yes, right? that's right. So yes. there's some programming. And then, and then is, there, is there sort of like a general... Uh, uh, demographic or third bucket, which is just an entrepreneur that's living in one of in one of your jurisdictions. Yes, and that okay. would be the main one. Okay. Jason, yes. Okay. Um, we yes we do uh, look at specific things uh, with regards to youth. Yeah. And and people with uh, disabilities. We have a, a program uh, in place for uh, funding if they're approved to assist with marketing or training or that sort of thing uh, under a disability program that we have available. Um, but I would say, yes, for the most part, it's just kind of that broad uh, umbrella of, of entrepreneurs um, in our area that mm -hmm. we deal with. Mm -hmm. uh, any gender, race, age, uh, whether it's a startup or, or thinking of starting up or have been in business uh, for some time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And and the uh, the range of businesses and uh, industries is broad yeah. that I deal with, yes. Yeah. I think, too, um, it, it's interesting. So you talk about that point of, you know, one of the filters um, that you look at is that the entrepreneur of the business had to have been refused by a bank, yes. like a major institution. For financing. For financing. And so what you get walking through your door is generally higher higher risk. That's correct. Right? But I think Patty, how did Patty J say it? She said, we, ha we, we have higher risk or um, we fund higher risk opportunities, but they're not, they're not stupid. Right. You guys go through a very still rigorous yes. due diligence process. We do. Um, maybe just talk about that a little bit, especially for listeners who are entrepreneurs who are saying, yeah, you know what, like having a little, um, a little kitty of cash to help me sort of, um, you know, do that renovation in like our, in our factory line or to like add more space or for whatever the case is that they need that money for. Mm -hmm. But there, 
there are some there are some things that they need to consider right before yes. they would actually come to you guys. That's right? correct. Yes, one of the main things that we require, and and from what I understand in the industry generally, is a business plan mm -hmm. to be prepared, mm -hmm. and so we need that um, uh, as well to just kind of start the process really. Um, to consider a financing request. Got to have a plan. You got to have a plan. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's right. And, uh, and then another major thing too that we require, and sometimes it's in the business plan, sometimes not, is uh, cash flow uh, okay. projections, yeah, right, financial right. projections as well, mm -hmm. right? And uh, so those are two main things. And then as well as part of uh, the due diligence that I do is there's three different uh, community futures forms that I send customers through that kind of initial process, generally after I get at least the business plan, if not the cash flow forecast as well. And so if I believe there's merit to pursue a request, financing request, I'll send out those uh, three forms. And from there, one of the things uh, we do is we um, pull credit bureau, Equifax mm -hmm. credit bureau reports, because mm -hmm. we do have minimum standards there mm -hmm. as far as a score is concerned. And so once I gather all that information and pull different searches, depending on the situation, uh, that's when, um, if I again feel that uh, the deal has merit to proceed, that's when I'll uh, write up a request to Patty J, the executive director at our office, to request to proceed with an application. Okay. And so uh, if that is approved uh, to proceed, that's when we uh, start gathering more information and I start writing an application. But even before that, uh, we do charge a 1% application fee okay. and it's non-refundable. Um, so, so once we receive that, then I can start writing the application. And once the application is written and reviewed by Patty J, we submit it to our credit committee for adjudication. And at that point, uh, and at, at only that point, um, a decision is made, is made whether a loan is granted or not. Okay. And that's why we say non-refundable because even if a loan is not approved, a customer does not get that money back right, because right. of all the work involved. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Now, but it, oh yeah, but I was just going to say, generally, you know, we, we don't just put any kind of deal to our credit committee. We're pretty confident that yes. it will be approved. doesn't happen all the time, but for the most part, they are. Yeah. Um, I was just going to say, you know, um, and maybe correct me if I'm wrong, but but that's something that you can help with too. So like the actual, like, that's the advisory part of the business, right? And the advisory part of what you do is that if I don't necessarily have, you know, a well thought out business plan or I need to, I need a little bit of help in terms of like fleshing that out or even like working on like, you know, cash flow, um, you know, financial statements and so on. Is that something that Community Futures can help with or point us in the right direction? Yes, for okay. sure. Um, exactly. And and so, you know, I see a lot of business plans, either from people that are requesting financing or not. Yes, right? okay. They, they've just done up a business plan or sometimes it's called a feasibility study in a startup situation. And um, I get a lot of those to review. And... With those in those particular situations, I tend to I read it from start to, to finish, and get in touch with the the customer after I've uh, read it, and we talk about different uh, things uh, you know that are were done great in it, that maybe need some uh, you know room for improvement as well. Okay. Yep. Yeah. And people are typically just totally open to that kind of feedback because. Yeah. 
because they want a need uh, another set of eyes to look at their business plan. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of times um, people will write their own business plans, right? For sure. It's very expensive to pay somebody to do it. And I always find the business plans that I see, the ones that are written by the entrepreneur are the best ones. The, the passion uh, really comes through in yeah. the business plan. And I don't really care about you know how they look or whatever. I'm I'm interested in about the content. Yes, right? yes. Not so yeah, you're talking about the document. You don't care what the document actually yeah, looks like. Exactly. Yeah. If they got spelling errors or sure. punctuation or whatever. Yeah, I don't I don't focus on that part. Yeah. When I give my feedback. Unless it's something really glaring, right? Sure, I'm sure. Not sure about something. But my feedback is more okay, I think I think you need to expand more on this particular topic or you went on too long about this one in my opinion and or kept repeating it, that sure. sort of thing in, in business plans, yes. Because a lot of people, this business plan that they've written, this is their first one. Yeah. And so it's a, it's a learning experience. And because I see so many um, and have for so long, I, I have a pretty good feel for what the reader wants to see and doesn't want to see. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. I mean, you have that benefit of, well, one, working in this role, um, two, like having the experience, then three, like actually going through like all of these plans and knowing what sort of gets approved for funding and what doesn't and so on, right? Whereas like myself as an entrepreneur, I come up with an idea where I have a really great product and I'm trying to commercialize it, but I've never written a plan before. I'm a cook. Or I'm a you know inventor. Yes. yes. And I'd much rather invent than like actually like write a plan, right? <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, and, it, but even if you know um, people are in the early stages of a business plan, I do give them some pointers and tips as how to proceed, and also an organization that I refer them on to that helps people in this area, mm-hmm. uh, like our area, uh, they're based out of Calgary, that uh, do it for free, and they'll actually help people write their business plan. Okay. And, but then I tell them, again, when you're done or pretty much done or you hit speed bumps along the way, let me know and, yeah. and I'll review it for you. The Mountain Life Podcast with Jason Beckdash. We'll be right back. Hey, everybody. Thanks for checking out the podcast. I'm just going to take a few minutes of your time for a few reminders. First of all, the podcast is sponsored by E equals MC Squared, wonderful co-workspace in Canmore that uh, is available for people like you and me who want to have a lifestyle where, hey, you know what? You want to take off during the middle of the day. You want to go for a hike or you want to jump on a snowboard and uh, and then hit the computer again and hit the business again and start making money again. Uh, so a great place for people like you to plug in. Now, you can check out E equals MC squared in a few different ways. One, come in, check it out. The first day is free. If that's too formal for you, two other ways that you can do it. One, on Wednesdays, we have Lunchbox Lectures. And Lunchbox Lectures is an opportunity for you to learn from other people who are working for themselves, uh, are entrepreneurs, and have figured out a way to not only have that lifestyle, but to make their work work for them. Number two way to plug in, wind down Fridays. So at Friday at about four o'clock, everybody shuts off their laptops and congregates into the equals MC squared living room to chat and discuss the latest and the greatest in the Bow Valley. So don't want to miss that if that's a way that you think is best for you to plug in. So where is E equals MC? It's a formula, but it's also 
a place of work. Uh, so where is E equals MC squared? E equals MC squared is just off of Railway Avenue, right above the sports experts. And uh, it's just on the second floor there. So uh, you know the place, you know the area. We share a parking lot with uh, the Save on Foods. And uh, yeah, we're just right there in the middle of the action in Canmore. Okay, so I will link the address. I will link the website in the show notes. Make sure you check out the website again, Wednesdays at lunch, Fridays at 4 p.m. Check us out. Hey, and it'd be great if you could work in the same space as I am. Talk to you soon. Back to the show, the Mountain Life Podcast with Jason Beckdash. I want to get into more what your day-to-day looks like and how you how you got here. But um, a couple of things that I thought was interesting was that um, because of the stage where you're helping a lot of these new entrepreneurs, new business owners, and and you know, as you said, these could be existing businesses as well. Um, one of the things that Patty J talked about was that. You do make a you do make a character assessment as well, right? So like character plays like a really really important role in your decision whether or not you can actually support that particular business. Um, maybe just talk about that a little bit. It's sort of the soft part, right? It's yeah. sort of like going with your gut and yep. and listening to the heart, right? So for sure, exactly, Jason. It, it's one of the the five C's that we look at. Okay. Uh, in a credit, as I write the credit application, it's you know character. It's right there, and part of it, you know, the formal part is is the that Equifax credit score or scores, right? Uh, either for the uh, the partners uh, and or the business, if it's been uh, uh, running for a while, there's typically an Equ- Equifax score for that as well. But you're right; that is um, probably, in my opinion, humble opinion, the hardest thing to assess for a commercial lender uh, when they're looking at a deal, uh, because um, it it is gut. It's mm-hmm. it's a gut response. It's a feel. And uh, a lot of it is uh, first impressions, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. From the very get-go, whether it's a phone call or an email or or a face-to-face, right? Yep. Um, it's your first impression. And then that after that first impression, as you deal more with that client or potential client, you learn more about them and, and you you uh, perhaps change that first impression or perhaps not. You know, let's say it was a good first impression and the other things you learn about that person as you communicate with them and learn more about them, um, you you solidify that first impression. Right, that right. Had. Yeah. But you're right, it is a it is a gut feel. Yeah. That that character part for the most part. Um, and I can tell you that um, it it takes a while to develop that mm-hmm. that skill if you want to call it that yeah to for sure to um uh get a a better feel and a quicker feel over time too as to whether someone um from a character standpoint is essentially good to repay this loan yeah 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 for sure um maybe one last detail and it's you know one thing that i, I want to make sure that listeners know about uh and keep in mind was that um Often, which which isn't which isn't the right way of doing things, but often you get entrepreneurs who are have already spent all their money, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and that's not when it's a good time to come see you guys. The right time to come see you guys is from conception, 
right? Um, before they've expended all of their like financing options, right? Yes. So um, Patty J just talked a little bit about that. And she said, it's funny. I mean, um, often you guys will, will get some people walking through the door that have been like, oh, I've been in business for five years. I'm completely broke. You guys are my last hope, <laughs> right? And as much as you want to help them, you can't, right? Right. Yeah. Those are difficult situations because um, again, they've, probably approach their own bank or maybe others as well yeah. that they've been dealing with for this five years in your example and for whatever reason or reasons they've been declined and so um, the banks will refer those uh, folks on to us mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. that's where most of our referrals come from actually is from commercial lenders in mm -hmm. the area who know about us and that's one of my roles is to get out there and spread the word about community futures and and um, and the two main uh, functions that I serve, which I discussed earlier. Yeah. But you're right, Jason, to get back to your question, um, those situations are, are hard to deal with, and it's unfortunate because um, sometimes in those situations, if people would have approached us earlier before things got too bad, yeah. we may have been able to help. Now, not saying we... We couldn't still, but it makes it that much more difficult yeah, to assist, yeah. yes. So my advice to uh, entrepreneurs generally is that if you see storm clouds heading your way, don't wait until you're you know, up to your knees in water. Mm -hmm. Come earlier. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Oh, that's to, good. To discuss your, uh, your situation. So... Yeah, Bow Valley entrepreneurs, if you're if you're thinking of an idea or you have um, uh, a business that you want to kick off, make sure you see these guys first, right? Um, I mean, after you've had a chance to go and see what your banking options are, right? right? But but sometimes though, too, people don't need money. Yes, you know, right. That's so true. Just um, that whole advice giving and counseling. Sometimes there, I didn't mention it earlier, but also uh, purchases. Okay. You know, that's another uh, situation where where we'd look at where there's an existing business and someone's looking at purchasing. Okay. It. I've had uh, several meetings with uh, people over time as well at Community Futures, considering that option, mm -hmm. and so we have just good discussions around that. Topic. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. That's good. I mean, um, uh, yeah. I mean, being being uh, somebody who's started a a business or two in my past, mm -hmm. just having a resource in an organization like yours would have been so helpful had I known about it, yes. right? And that's the big challenge. And that's what we hope to do today is just make sure that more people know about community futures, right? Mm -hmm. yes. Ken, let's talk a little bit about you. I'm just interested, how does a, how does a man of your stature uh, <laughs> come into a role like this? Um, so, so how did, how did you, how did, when you, you just, you said it's been a couple of years with uh, Community Futures. I started last April. Okay, uh, okay. Literally uh, a year and a week. Okay. In, yes, with okay. Community Futures. So, so how did you how did you get to this point in, in working with Community Futures? Tell okay. us a little bit about your background. Sure. Okay, I'll go uh, go back and then move towards. I love today. it. Time okay. travel. Yeah, rather than move backwards. <laughs> yes, exactly. Eh? Uh, so, uh, I have a Bachelor of Commerce from the University of Saskatchewan. I won't tell you what year I got it. Okay. Um, but the university was open. <laughs> and so um, I was a marketing major and a accounting minor. Okay. And so I got into the financial services industry in Alberta uh, back when I graduated. Back at that time, 
uh, the economy in Saskatchewan was very poor, and uh, most of the people that I graduated in commerce, uh, I'd say half or maybe more from what I you know learned over time, ended up in Alberta. Okay. Jobs. Yeah. And so that's what happened with me. I ended up in the financial services industry, and uh, I worked with a chartered bank for several years, and then I worked at two different credit unions, and then finally ATB Financial, and all that encompassed... 25-ish years or so, and I started out in administration Okay. Uh, with the first chartered bank I was with, and that was the longest time period I was with one organization, it was almost 20 years, I think, and, um, and then after a few years of that, a handful of years, I switched into commercial lending, and back then, uh, they sent you on this five-week intensive commercial lending course down in Toronto with people from across the country, okay. uh, literally from BC all the way to Newfoundland potentially. Uh, and there was 30 of us the, the, the year I went uh, to help with that transition to just, commercial. Just lending. your bank? or, yes. or okay. No, just this. Okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, they hired outside consultants gotcha. uh, to, to train us. Okay. Yeah. And so shortly after that, we'd go back to our home branch and uh, spend a little more time uh, dealing, you know, in a training situation, uh, you typically under one or two senior commercial lenders, and then from there you'd get transferred on to your own position somewhere as they opened up. Um, so I, I was really glad over time as a commercial lender to have that administration background because it, because I could answer so many yeah. just general banking questions. Like for example, I even sold mutual funds. Yeah. Right. So I had a bit of an investment uh, knowledge as well. Whereas other commercial lenders that I worked with or knew, they didn't have that background. And so an admin question comes up, it's like, oh, sorry, I can't help you. i got to refer you on to somewhere else. Right, right. right? So, so I found that very helpful. Sorry, sorry to stop you, yeah. but commercial lending, just for just so I understand, um, basically the what, what sort of businesses are, are looking for for loans from the bank like at that stage is it somebody who wants to build like a, a high rise or is it usually smaller than that or what's that like it, it can be like anything okay like okay just a, a there's a good variation yes, gotcha for sure yeah. okay yeah variation incorporated sole proprietorships partnerships okay yes um uh, but the industries and the size can be varied and a lot of most institutions especially the bigger ones they'll kind of categorize segment those markets okay from lower to higher and get obviously more experienced people dealing with the more complex uh, businesses and accounts as, as they gain more experience okay yeah, that's kind of how that works yeah so commercial lending background like major tie to what you're doing now yes yeah for sure so about 10 years ago um, I actually decided to leave banking entirely I ended up with a uh, oil and gas company in downtown Calgary and in kind of a quasi accounting role. Okay. And so I was with this firm for um, eight years. And in the summer of 16, I, uh, I got laid off, victim of uh, kind of that downturn, I yeah. call it, um, back uh, with the oil and gas industry during that time when oil, you know, went from even around 100 down to 20s, right? Yeah. So, I guess I was making too much money or whatever yeah. and decided to drop me. So, yeah. <laughs> so that's what happened there. And so I uh, started looking for, for work shortly after that. And uh, within a few months, I uh, wasn't having any luck. And I wasn't really searching for the 
banking to get back okay. in the banking world at all. Yes. And literally one day I'm flipping through the uh, the paper or maybe both papers that we get in Cochrane and I saw the advertisement for this job and I always joke that I read it quickly the first time and it kind of sounded like me and then I read it again more slowly and it really sounded like me and here I am today. Yeah. <laughs> it is me. <laughs> like old me as a banker, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, right on. Um kind of interesting like you don't you don't run into many individuals that have um a schooling of a, of a major marketing and then a minor in accounting right <laughs> yes um but you're 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 able to have like both sides of your brain yes. going which and, is cool and it is kind of neat because there the advice counseling part yes the, the part of my job talking to people you know besides uh lending money the majority of those chats have been about marketing questions. Yeah. For example, a, a startup business, an entrepreneur with a startup business, just wanting to get together for a brainstorming session to talk about some marketing ideas they have to start their business, um, that kind of thing. Or uh, also what I get is businesses that have been in place for a while yeah. and things haven't gone as well as they had hoped. And so they get in touch with me to talk about that and so i find out what marketing um, uh, methods yeah. they've used yeah. and then we brainstorm about potential different ones to add on to what they've been doing uh and those those are great great discussions so i'm glad i have that marketing background yeah i did end up getting a, an accounting designation uh at the oil and gas company because mm -hmm. they paid for it i just needed a few more courses to uh, get into the particular designation uh, and you know, did that two-year program and, and the oil and gas company paid for it. So eventually I did get a uh, an accounting designation. So technically right now I am a CPA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. right on. Yeah. So um, really great background, backgrounder on you, Ken. Uh, you've seen a lot. You've uh, worked with a lot of businesses. Yes. And um, the different areas in exactly. the province and central and kind of southern, uh, no, nothing further than that kind of Red Deer central area. I've never been in Edmonton or Grand Prairie or anything like that, but Red Deer and south. Yeah. Uh, yes. And uh, several different positions and um, seen a wide range of industries and styles of entrepreneurship. And, mm -hmm. Yes. But I think what's interesting about the way that you've worked with the businesses, both in your banking experience and now with what you do with Community Futures, is that uh, you, you get to go deep with some of these organizations, right? Yes. Like you really, really have to look at the DNA and like yes. what makes them tick. Yes. Um, whereas like, you know, like just with my day-to-day -day work, my, my work always kind of feels a bit surface level. I only <laughs> do the marketing, right? Um, so, uh, you know, usually those businesses come to me because they like, I'm assuming they know what they're doing, right? right. I just have to figure out how to help them sell yes. it. Yeah. But um, what, do you, what, do you, what do you sort of see like now today, like in, in your role, um, you know, what do you see in the world of entrepreneurship and, and maybe with even within the context of Alberta, like what, what are just some things that when you sort of sit back and look, um, yeah. any sort of trends or any? Um, yes, I would, I would say a couple things I've noticed uh, in this position over the last mm -hmm. year in, in our area. And one of the, the, the toughest things that um, entrepreneurs have to deal with is uh, a 
two things with regards to finding space. Okay, mm -hmm. so or, or like commercial space for their business is a finding it, yeah, and then b finding something that's affordable, um, that that fits their their budget or yeah. potential budget, yeah. right? And that that can be a real big hurdle for entrepreneurs, especially in startup, versus you know someone's been in business for close to five years and their lease is expiring and they need bigger premises. In that situation, you know they're typically uh, financially sound by then, and uh, the bigger challenge then is is finding a proper space mm -hmm. in in the area that we serve, and then. But then the other part too, especially more for the startups, is finding a, that proper space, but also at a price that they can afford. Yeah, yeah, because it's very difficult in uh, startup situations because you're you're starting at zero revenue. Yeah, and uh, and the rent doesn't stop. No, it starts from day one, and so um, you've uh, you've got to be uh, you know prepared for that. Right, mm -hmm, have mm -hmm. uh, a bit of a nest egg, so to speak, to fall back on. Uh, in a startup situation to, to pay the bills if um, if things don't go according to to plan say yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so so that's one of the, the the big challenges in this area uh, is commercial space um, trends I'm seeing the boy um, just a wide range of different ideas I've talked to a handful of people over the last year that literally I didn't even know that this type of business or whatever yeah. even existed. Yeah. There's some real, no, I'm serious. There's just some really neat things out there. Yeah. Right? And I consider myself someone who kind of knows what's going on generally yeah. in the world. And uh, again, there's you know probably a handful of, of uh, people I've talked to that I go like, really, this exists Yeah, as, as a potential business, right? Or a business that's been in place. And so just a lot of different uh, really neat ideas out there. Um, it, uh, the economy has been a challenge, um, in this area, particularly with oil and gas downturn, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And being so close to Calgary, um, it has, uh, it has impacted, uh, a lot or if not all of the communities in our area. Um, there's lots of competition, uh, in quite a few different industries, particularly the services and, and you know, throw restaurants in there as well. Mm -hmm. um, some of the challenges as well that people see, you know, with regards to legislation, right? Um, uh, for example, the minimum wage right. increases, right. right? That's been a challenge for uh, some people as well. In fact, we had a, a very uh, well-known popular restaurant uh, in, in Bear's Paw, which closed earlier this year because according to him speaking publicly about it in yeah. the newspapers, that was the main reason why, just staffing costs. Wow, yeah. Yeah. And so that's an ongoing uh, issue as well, a challenge yeah. for, for business people. There's lots of different uh, challenges out there for people, and it's kind of uh, uh, um, ed, you know, some things that ebb and flow yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. over time. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. I think, um, you know, uh, as somebody who is incubating an idea or an entrepreneur who's trying to get a business off the ground, like sometimes you can see the forest from the trees. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, again, like um, having somebody or having access to somebody like yourself uh, and working with somebody like yourself is that you can provide a good general perspective and you can actually say, okay, here's some things that generally come 
you know, uh, at the road ahead, here's a few things that you're going to encounter, right? So let's actually get prepared for those things ahead of time, right? So yeah, a lot of my uh, discussions with people are, I ask a lot of questions. Yeah. Right? And so some of that involves, have you thought of this? Have you considered that? Um, do you have a succession plan in mm -hmm. place for, for down the road for your business? Or, yeah. or what if things don't quite go as planned? Yes. Especially in a startup situation, yeah. right? Like what's your, what's your backup plan? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So sometimes the entrepreneur has given that some thought. Yep. Sometimes none mm -hmm. or, or very little. And, and other times they've, they've covered it off entirely. Right. Yeah. So it's a real mixed bag. Yeah. Of, of what I see in, in regards to uh, potential things, people you know looking in that crystal ball and looking at different scenarios that might happen yeah. down the road. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's good. Ken, um, I want to be mindful of your time, and we are out of time, but um, maybe maybe we'll end with this. Is just if um, what's the best way for our listeners to find out a little bit more about community futures? Uh, and a, li a little bit more about some of the programs that you guys have. Um, and, and I think you guys have quite a few events that happen throughout the year too, right? Um, um, yes, there are, uh, there are some events that okay. uh, we do. Uh, we're pretty small staff. We have three full-timers and one lady that works uh, just three days out of the week. Okay. So our events uh, are kind of limited yeah okay yeah, at least okay. they have been in over the past year okay um but uh people can go to our website okay to, to look at that yeah um and as well they can contact uh me directly okay um yes yeah and i think your info is we'll make sure that your info is in the show notes too so people okay. can get Great. get a hold of you and yes um yeah, I hope that's a good idea. You might see a flood yeah. of people who are like, I need help. By all means. Probably the best way to get in touch with me is by email. Okay. When Jason posts the email. Yeah. Um, the second best way is by phone. And I do have a direct line. But a lot of times I'm in meetings or I'm traveling. And so if that's the case, if I don't answer, just leave a voicemail. And sure. I'll get back to you as soon as I can. Okay. Ken, thanks a lot for being on the show. I really appreciate it. You're welcome, Jason. Thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure. Right on. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to the Mountain Life Podcast with Jason Beckdash. Don't forget to rate and review this episode if you enjoyed the show. And you can find more great content online at themountainlifepodcast.com. We'll catch you next time.